0: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans, you're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, the Mets got a big win against the Padres on Monday. Max Scherzer was great. The lineup came together against you, Darvish. We're going to discuss that game throughout the show today in the first segment Focus in on Scherzer in particular, second segment, a little more of a dive into the lineup, Then we'll close the show examining how the Mets set their lineup cards today with Jeff McNeil in the three-hole and with Lindor batting second and if there is something to be done here about mixing things up to get the most success out of this team. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find out my work, follow me on Twitter, at Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at just baseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com MLB60 and use the code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Now, the Mets found a way to beat the Padres on Monday, and this was a massive victory early in the season. I would make an argument it might have been the most important victory yet because, all the other ones came against the Miami Marlins, and this was a game against a really good team, a great lineup, and a great pitcher in Yu Darvish that shows the fortitude and the capability of this Mets roster to go out there without Starlin Marte even and find a way to win. And Max Scherzer was great. And I think there was so much to take away positive from this game. You know, this is the exact same team that beat you on your own field and really punched you in the mouth. Uh, particularly in Game One last year, with you Darvish out-dueling Max Scherzer, and then the Mets were in a hole. Jacob deGrom helped deliver the one victory in that series, and then Game Three, Chris Bassett unraveled. You know, you're trying to avoid a similar fate this year. And for a- as much as you know, we believe that the Padres are a team that can contend with the Dodgers in the NL West. As much as we think the Mets can contend with the Braves in the NL East. There is every chance these are two wildcard teams, again, that might meet in the exact same ballpark as the two teams with the best record uh, in the wildcard race that didn't win a division. So this is a very important matchup. And to go out first game of this series coming off of Of course, a game you wish you had back against the Marlins with the knowledge of what happened last year and the fact that this same Padres team not only beat you, but then went out to L.A. and beat the Dodgers. And they have Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado and soon Fernando Tatis. This is a loaded Padres roster. And this Mets team just beat them. And Max Scherzer went out and after getting knocked around by the Brewers and giving up three straight home runs before he left his last start, he guts his way through five innings. And it was a great performance, honestly, I believe, from Scherzer to just plot your way through it. It wasn't pretty. You know, he he walks the first batter. He faces, strikes out Manny Machado, walks another in Juan Soto. So you're sitting there, two runners on, high pitch count, one out, he gets a massive double play ball from Xander Bogarts on the second pitch that he hit. Just beautiful Lindor to Guillaume to Alonzo. I love watching that double play combination up the middle of Guillaume and Lindor. And from there, you know, he was able to settle in a little bit. You know, the second inning, one, two, three, a couple strikeouts there. Third inning, he walks the leadoff batter, then Retires the side one, two, three from there. So only faced one above the minimum. You go over to the fourth inning after getting spot a lead uh, in the bottom of the third when you had Brandon Nimmo get a base hit. He stole second base. His third of the season. Nimmo's going to set a career high this year and steals and obliterate it. Um, you had Francisco Lindor get hit by a pitch that put two runners on, and Jeff McNeil came through with the clutch double that scored two. That gives Scherzer the lead he needs. Goes up next inning in the 4th two three. 2 uh, Then in the fifth inning, got the first out, gave up a base hit, got another out, and then had a ridiculously long at-bat uh, to Austin Nola that all but knocked him out of the game because he ended up having to throw 11 pitches to him. Uh, she took that pitch count from 86 to 97. Uh, if he gets through that in two pitches, he's sitting at 88. You never know. Maybe they throw him back out there for the sixth. But Nola basically knocks him out of the game. He gets a strikeout, though, on him. And you look at the the line when it's all said and done. He goes five innings, doesn't allow a run. So that's great for Scherzer and the confidence moving past this to, to continue to build off of it. He had six strikeouts, three walks, only one hit allowed. And then the bullpen was great behind him. So to me, this was a real game that was a recipe for them moving forward. Uh, to get that level of pitching from Scherzer. And then for John Curtis to come through and give you another strong inning, he's off to a great start this year, 1-4-2 ERA. Drew Smith has struggled a little bit. He got a pair of strikeouts and a scoreless inning of work. that go to Robertson. Uh, he gets two strikeouts in an inning of work, has yet to allow a run this season. So good on Robertson to continue to dominate. Then Adam Adovino comes out. Gives you a scoreless ninth. Strikes out three of the four batters he faces, giving up one hit, two hits allowed by this pitching staff all game. They walk six, which is just showing that you're being careful with a lineup of you know really good hitters on the Padres side. You look at you know who drew the walks: Grisham in the leadoff spot, but Soto had two of the walks. Bogarts had one, so three of the six walks you allowed. You were pitching around really good hitters. So I thought it was a very well pitched game by the Mets. The lineup did enough. Um, and, and that's a, a huge confidence booster for you moving forward. But you got to win one more. And you got Peterson. Uh, you got McGill as the two guys will be taking the ball that can try to grab that game for you. Uh, so I, I think the Mets got the one they had to get. And now it's just get one of these two. Just. Flip a coin and find a way to a win. Uh, they might not have the edge in the pitching matchups, which we can discuss in, in a minute here. Uh, but I, I still like what the Mets showed, and I hope that they continue to show that fight again uh, tomorrow and on the the game on Wednesday to close out this series. Before we get to any of that, though, today's episode is brought to you by So Rare. This is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so random managers truly own their fantasy experience collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose. You still own your cards, there's no cost to play plus. The more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards. So rare managers who rank at the top or near the top of the leaderboards can win a variety of prizes, like these so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to so rare.com slash locked on. That's S O R A R E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic awards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. it's not easy to do score five runs off of Hugh Darvish, but the Mets accomplished that feat on Monday thanks to just honestly a ridiculous inning. You know, there's the, the early double from Jeff McNeil that scored two. That was great offense, but what happened in that seventh inning was a little bit of good fortune. Mark Hanna, he doubles to lead things off. So that was a nice at bat by a Met. Guillerme comes up though, lays down a bunt on the third baseline gets can over. That's great. But this bunt was so good. Machado, all of them, they're trying to wait for that ball to go fair, and it just doesn't. That puts those runners at the corners. And then Eduardo Escobar comes through. Got to give him credit where credit's due, swinging a little bit of a better bat, being a little more of a run producer lately, coming through in some of these spots. Gets a sacrifice fly to put the Mets up 3-0. Then Tomas Nito, he hits one. Big, big cut. Hack. Gets a tiny piece of the ball, rolls down the third baseline, just like Yorme. Also stays fair, so that keeps two runners on base. Brandon Nemo, he gets into a force out. He replaces Nito on the bases. That puts runners at first and third with a lot of speed at first base. And Francisco Lindor hits a double that scores them both, all of a sudden the Mets have that 5-0 lead, and they're able to cruise from there. When we look at this lineup in the game, now it was only seven hits. It wasn't anything extraordinarily impactful, but... You know, you get a one-for-four day from Brandon Nimoni scores two runs. You get Lindor, one-for-three with the RBI double-driving in two and a run scored. Starling, or not Starling, Marte, geez. I'm so used to Marte atop the lineup. I saw the M on the box score went straight to him. Jeff McNeil, though, batting third, one-for-four, two ribbies, only one strikeout. Pete Alonso didn't have a good day. Daniel Vogel back one for three with a walk. Typical Vogie to find a way to get on base twice via a hit and a walk. Canna one for four with that double and a run scored. Giorme only hit the bunt, but he did score that run. Escobar 0 for two with a sacrifice fly. And then Tomas Nita one for three. So the offense didn't you know, change the world. They weren't incredible. They weren't putting up highlights, but they got enough they scratched those runs and they knocked darvish out you know i mean he still was able to pitch into the sixth but uh 97 pitches or that was scherzer at 97 how many did did darvish end up with uh let's see darvish ends up with 104 actually um so a a lot of pitches thrown there and that's just what this mets team can do they can grind down pitchers so I, i overall loved what i saw in this game the final two games of this series They're going to go up against two lefties, Ryan Weathers and Blake Snell. So I would hope that means Francisco Alvarez is going to get into the lineup. Uh, I don't know if that's the first game or the second game of the series, but first game remaining or the final one. I hope they put him out there against Ryan Weathers as the catcher. And, uh, you know, maybe you play the fam canna lineup with, uh, I guess Nimmo's still out there too, and uh, I don't know. Do you put McNeil back at second? Probably. I don't know who DH is though. They they might put him McCastro. That's the thing. You know, this team could really use a right-handed power bat off the bench, particularly when Marte is day to day. I wonder if he could be the DH if he can't. It'd be nice to have a you know Mark Vientos to to get some of these at bats when you're facing a couple of lefties, but. I digress on that one. Weathers is going to be the easier matchup, although Blake Snell carries the 7-8-8 ERA into this start. Um, You know, I think he only pitched once, right? One strike, or that's 11 strikeouts. Excuse me. I saw one. I'm sorry. I'm tired recording this past midnight. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. (laughs) Yeah, two starts for Snell. 12 hits allowed, seven earned runs, five walks, 11 Ks. He can be wild. And this is a Mets team that has been patient against Snell in the past. So I imagine that. you know I wouldn't even be surprised if Alvarez is on the bench. You're going to Nito to try to grind out longer at bats and just work the pitcher out of the game. You got Peterson and McGill going for you. So this Mets team is going to rely on the youth and try to scratch one here. If they do that, Then they head into Oakland and maybe handle business this weekend and pick up a sweep if we're feeling a little frisky. You're going to feel great about the Mets uh, in short order. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they can grab one of these games. But what I want to discuss next is if the Mets need to tinker with their starting lineup, where are the deficiencies? We're get to that minute before we do, though. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Now is the perfect time to download, as you have the NBA playoffs upon us and the start of the MLB season. New customers are going to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, it's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. They can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three pointers drain, plus. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduelcom on. that's fanduelcom on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Reviewing the deficiencies of the Mets starting lineup. Look at where they're at right now. You got Pete Alonso who's been the best hitter based on OPS 893. He has a 214 average, 298 on base but that 595 slug with the 5 homers, that's going to carry you. Starling Marte, 303 hitter, 378 on base, 485 slug, 863 OPS. That's why you're missing him so much. Lindor has been okay, 767 OPS. He's Taking his walks, 362 on base, has one home run, four doubles, so a 405 slug. I think he's doing what he's supposed to. Obviously, you want to see the average get a little bit higher, but as that climbs, you're probably going to maybe get some less walks, and that's going to balance out. I'm very happy if he has a 362 on base percentage this year, to be honest with you. So, uh, I think he's swinging it well. Can has been you know, a little bit hit or miss, but you still look at a 348 on base, and a 7.58 OPS and think, all right, Marcan is doing what you want him to do. Now, Jeff McNeil is where I wanted to really take this conversation and run with it because he batted third today, and I love that. How many times have I said in this show? Three-hole McNeil, I think, is really ideal, um, if not in the two-hole. Look, Jeff McNeil is too good of a hitter to be batting fifth. Honestly, he's arguably the best hitter on this roster outside of maybe Pete Alonso. So. I just don't always get it. Now, Starling Marte, comfortable in the two-hole, good in the two-hole last year. I understand that. Lindor has the contract, but, man, I just see it every time, and I'm just thinking, why is Jeff hitting 5th, 6th, 7th? Get him in the lineup earlier. Honestly, I think the way to unlock things would actually be to move Lindor 5th. So when you have a healthy Starling Marte, Still be Nemo, Marte, but then it'd be McNeil, Alonzo, Lindor. The reason why I like that lineup, Jeff McNeil is going to get great pitches to hit with Pete Alonzo behind him. And I think he's going to be able to really feast and pick up a lot of RBIs in those spots where a Nemo or Marte gets on, steal second. Jeff McGill gets a base hit. That's the first run of the game. Pressure off a little bit. Pete Alonzo comes up, two-run homer. There you go, 3 nothing, just like that. I think the lineup functions great that way. I think Lindor is a hitter that other teams fear enough that, you know, Pete would get more pitches to hit. Uh, but, you know, the, the Mets are going to keep rolling this thing out. I think the the big question is going to be, uh, you know, how long do you give a leash to some of these veterans and when do you ultimately say, yeah, as much as Tommy fans has been, been fine and well, we need to, to try something new. And you bring up someone like a Mark Viento. So we'll see when all of that happens. But for now, great first win. Go out, do it again, get the series victory. Then you have a, a nice uh, underbelly of your schedule at least for a weekend where you can go out to Oakland, pick up some wins, and then you have to face the Dodgers and the Giants on the road. So tough road trip for the Mets. Grab them while you can at home. And hopefully, the Mets are able to accomplish just that. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's show. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you find me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. If you want to win your league this year, Locked On Fantasy Baseball is where you want to go. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day.